are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are listening to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. It is the Thursday edition of the show as we get ready for the UCLA game later this Saturday. Today, me and Connor sit down and we look at three players to watch from the UCLA Bruins that we anticipate will have big games against Arizona State. We took a look at the big-name guys for the Sun Devils who are coming back from injury, and then we're going to close it out with a couple predictions. Who's going to lead the game in passing yards, rushing yards, and receiving yards? Find out and listen to us. This is the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. It is Thursday, my dudes. That's not right. I'm pretty sure that's definitely not the. Uh, granted, it's Vine. It's been a while, but that was not the way we start off the podcast. Well, it, we're recording on a Wednesday, my dude. So close enough. But anyways, this is the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Richie Bradshaw, joined always by my good friend Connor Drios. Connor, how the heck are you? I'm doing okay. I, I know I told Donnie yesterday that like. Every time I feel like we do the introduction and I start to think about UCLA, I get a little sweaty, but we'll talk about sweat block later on and how that helps. But otherwise, I'm not doing too bad. That was a nice little plug. Well, oh, there you go. <laughs> All right. Anyways, so be sure to follow us on Twitter at RichieBrads36, at Cedrios, and of course, the podcast page is at LO underscore Sundevils. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast whether that's odyssey spotify apple podcast google podcast wherever you're listening we're there monday through friday connor we got a lot to talk about as we get ready to preview the sun devils matchup in pasadena california against the ucla bruins there's a lot to think about obviously our friday episode we're going to go into bold predictions and all that good stuff but for tonight let's take a look first at the UCLA players that are making us sweat bullets right now. College rosters are huge, right? They've got like, what, 100-ish kids in the roster at all times, it feels like. Huge rosters. And a school like UCLA recruits incredibly well. So with that being said, they're very deep. But if we had to pick maybe like three players that are, in your words, making us sweat bullets or at least keeping us up at night. Three is a good number. There's Easily a couple that stand out just from a, a few games this year. Why don't we kick it off with Dorian Thompson Robinson or DTR, who's playing absolutely out of his mind through four games for UCLA. Yeah, I feel like that is the absolute perfect place to start when it comes to having a conversation about who we're going to talk about. DTR is the focal point of everything UCLA wants to do, and DTR could very well be the front runner for Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year right now. Very similar to, to Jaden Daniels, and I think depending on who you talk to as a UCLA or ASU fan, one might say that either quarterback's better than the other, but they have a, a somewhat similar game. Just looking at some of his stats this year, he doesn't throw a ton. He throws he, He's thrown like 89 total passes this year. Uh, granted, you can look at maybe some of their games. An example, I want to say they played Hawaii week one. Yes. Where they might have been week playing. Week zero. Week zero, correct. Where they were playing a, a little bit ahead in that game. They didn't have to. But since then, they played a couple of pretty tough games. They were playing LSU. Uh, and then what maybe didn't seem like a tough game going into it, but Fresno State. Uh, and then Stanford as well. So, I mean, they haven't exactly had 
some easy games the last couple weeks. But either way, DTR has not thrown that much similar to a Jaden Daniels because UCLA does like to run the ball as well. But then he's also a very mobile quarterback. Uh, this year, he's averaging a, a little bit less in his yards per carry. Uh, it looks like it's 2.6, but obviously you always got to take it into consideration sacks in there as well. Regardless of that number, we still know he's very dangerous with his legs. Uh, completion percentage is not incredibly impressive this year at 57.3%, but he's still averaging, and we'll get into some of the averages later on in our last segment, but he's got a total of 919 passing yards so far this year, and he's got a 9-to-1 touchdown interception ratio. So I, for how much he, he may or may not be throwing the ball, we at least know he's taking care of it and not giving the other defense or the whole team extra chances. Yeah, and he's got big play wide receivers on the outside. You've got, look at that, one, two guys who are averaging over 20 yards a catch that have at least six receptions. Their number one receiver, Kyle Phillips, is averaging 18.4 yards per reception. Yeah, they, they've got the playmakers on the outside that allow Thompson Robinson to remain effective as a passer, but obviously UCLA is a run-heavy team. No surprise. Look at their head coach, Chip Kelly, and everything that he loves to do. They got a couple of really good running backs, and DTR can also move with his legs. But the focal point of their offense, it starts and ends with DTR, not just because he's the quarterback, but because he's the best offensive weapon they have, both through the air and on his legs. Dude, he's got 45 rushing attempts already, so essentially in four games, he's averaging over 10, or so I guess just over 11 rushing attempts a game. That is absolutely scary to think about. Every time he's going to break the pocket, I know I'm going to be holding my breath just a little bit, hoping the Sun Devils can at least hope to stop him short, you know, whether he's going to be picking up that big first down or especially in the red zone, he's going to be looking to score that touchdown with his legs. Yeah, I know that he's keeping Herm Edwards, Antonio Pierce, and the rest of the defensive staff up tonight, tomorrow night, and most of Saturday. It, it's, it's going to be an absolute clash of the Titans Something worth noting, uh, he did suffer a hamstring injury against Stanford uh, somewhat late in the game. It, it doesn't seem to be too serious, but maybe it might make him uh, at least think a little bit less about using his legs and a little bit more passing. So we, we don't quite know how much that's going to hamper him, but it's at least something to monitor throughout the game. Yeah, we're definitely hoping, not for an injury, but we're hoping that he's just slowed down enough to where we can contain him a little bit more. Absolutely. Never hope for an injury, just hope to, to at least... You want everybody healthy, especially for the fact that if, an example, DTR were to miss this game due to an injury, we never want to talk to a UCLA fan and think, well, we didn't have our starting quarterback. It's never what we want it to be. We want to face the absolute best and prove that we can win it by beating the best. So moving on from DTR, we then head to their running back, Zach Charbonnet. Dude's averaging a whopping 7.8 yards per attempt and has seven touchdowns on the season with 360 total yards. Dude's been an absolute monster, and I want to say he's about six foot one, 220 pounds. So the dude's extremely well built as well. Yeah, Charbonnet is built, and he knows how to create after contact. That 7.8 yards per carry is jaw-dropping, and it's not for a lack of touches either. He's second on the team with 46 carries. The only guy ahead of him is Pertain Brown, and Dorian Thompson-Robinson is right behind him with 47 and 45 carries respectively, but... Charbonnet has definitely been the more effective of the three of them. His seven touchdowns lead the team. And then for what it's worth, he also has seven more catches for 106 yards. So Charbonnet is going to be the focal point of this offense if DTR is indeed slowed down with that hamstring injury. I would expect a heavy dose of Charbonnet. 
Yeah, generally, if you have an offense that uses a quarterback, uh, or at least their ability to run with their legs, when the pocket starts to break down or nobody's getting open, sometimes quarterbacks will look for their safety blanket, which could be a good upside running back with their, their hands, or at least their receiving ability. And UCLA doesn't necessarily seem to have that. So, I mean, Charbonnet's stats aren't anything to scoff at. He still is averaging 15.1 in attempt through the air. So, I mean, he's been incredibly efficient so far uh, with his catches, but they don't seem to look for him a ton. That's where DTR looks to take off more often than not, especially when he's trying to extend the play. Yeah, UCLA has a power-heavy run game that honestly might rival Arizona State's. The only difference between the two is now uh, the Sun Devils get back Trianum and give themselves three running backs compared to UCLA's two running backs. So, ha-ha, you guys are a bunch of losers. Please don't hurt us. What does that make us? Uh, uh, bigger losers? Takes, yeah, one, takes one to no one? Absolutely it does. Yeah, I, you, th- you hit the nail on the head. They absolutely like to run the ball. And again, they have a quarterback who likes to use his legs as well. So it's it's kind of like looking at a, a mirror image. Uh, we will break down some of the uh, defensive yards given up in terms of through the air and on the ground. We talked a little bit about this with, uh, I, I think on Tuesday or maybe it was with Donnie, but the amount of yards that UCLA is giving up on the ground is absolutely staggering. But we'll break that down in the last segment. There's one more guy we need to talk about. There is more. So we did talk about uh, their cornerback, Quantrez Knight, uh, who has been an absolute just lockdown machine over on the outside. He's had 17 solo tackles this year, uh, 25 total tackles, one and a half sacks, a pass defend, and a forced fumble. Uh, He does not have a career interception, but that being said, he's still locking down whoever is on his side of the field. And if you're trying to sneak past him to break a tackle, it's not going to happen on Knight. Yeah, uh, Knight looks like the dude who just lives in opposing backfield. So while he might not have the interception numbers, I am looking right here. Four and a half tackles for loss and a sack and a half. That dude is strong off the edge, strong cover dude, and he's definitely the big brains on that defense. Knight is the guy who you're going to have to scheme against when you look at how you're going to beat UCLA's defense. And honestly... He could be a little bit of an eraser against your run game from the cornerback spot. He just—he's a great defensive back. You can flex him all over the place. Yeah, I think depending on how the play breaks down, obviously you don't necessarily want your corners to be making that tackle. Um, if your running back's getting that far up the field, then, then generally the offense is doing something right. But if, if you know that you can't generally get past this guy because he's going to make that tackle, not exactly great for ASU football. But. We talk very frequently, not even on the podcast, but interceptions generally are an opportunity statistic. Not that like guys can't create and take advantage of that, but even if Knight doesn't have a great ability to create turnovers, if he is absolutely just taking away one of your best receivers for the entire game, that's not ideal. Granted, we've talked about ASU not necessarily having a number one, so even if he splits time on a guy... Have him take away a receiver every time you snap that ball and you're looking downfield and you have one less guy to throw to. Not going to be fun for Jaden Daniels. No, not at all whatsoever. So those are the three guys we're looking at. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, Zach Charbonnet, and uh, Quantrez Knight. So that's going to end our first segment. We're going to go into our first break. When we return, we're going to look back at the Arizona State Sun Devils players who are coming back from injury and how big of an impact we're hoping that they're going to make for this team on Saturday night. You are listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. 
Hey guys, Richie Bradshaw here. Unfortunately, we got to talk about something that makes us a little bit uncomfortable, and that would be excessive sweating. You know what I'm talking about. When you sweat right through your shirts, and us being Arizona natives, this is a regular occurrence. If only there was some way that we could prevent this. But I got good news for you, there is, and it's called Sweatblock. Sweatblock is doctor created and doctor recommended. Works up for seven days per use, and it's dry shirt guarantee guaranteed. That's right, if Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. It's been a bestseller on Amazon for the last 10 years with over 13,000 reviews. It's also currently number one in Amazon antidepressant category. Here's how it works. Put it on at night, sleep overnight, wash it off in the morning, and you're good to go for at least three to four days. They tell you you can even get up to seven days. I personally love this because I'm somebody who gets really, really sweaty. As much as I love Arizona, the summers can be absolutely brutal, and I'm sweating profusely all the time. Sweatblock has been an absolute lifesaver, and I don't know where I would be without it. It makes me feel a lot more confident when I'm going to work or going on first dates or even just hanging out with all my buddies. Sweatblock is definitely going to be your number one partner for profusive sweating. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or at Amazon and CVS. And we're back. This is the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. As always, we are now in our second segment, and it's time to talk about some returning Arizona State Sun Devils from injuries. There are three big guys, and when I say big, I mean like detrimental to the success of what the Sun Devils are trying to do this year. Well, I mean, I mean Brian Thompson. Okay, so the two big guys and Brian Thompson. Sir, Brian Thompson could be a receiver for us. He could be a receiver, but he's. we'll, we'll get into some of his stats when we talk about him. But a, a couple of big players for sure are finally coming back from injury. Brian, look, if you listen to the podcast, you should just know that we, we love you to pieces. We say these things about a lot of players and they end up proving us wrong. So if for some reason you're listening to this podcast, then absolutely go out and ball out and then add us on Twitter so that we can publicly apologize to you. What do you mean if he's for some reason listening to this podcast? This is the premium spot for Sun Devil content. You're right. Her- Herm Edwards listens to this podcast, so he's probably going to share it with you and be like, Brian, you're not going to believe what these nobody fake media guys just said about you. Hey, we have names and Twitter handles. But speaking of Herm Edwards, it has been, gosh, an eternity since Chip Trainer was scheduled to come back. He left. What are you talking about? He was supposed to play in week two. And then week three. And then week three. And then week four. But now it's week five and he's back. He is officially back, confirmed by Herm Edwards and social media. And apparently, like, everybody and his mother as well. We know for sure Chip Trainum is going to play this game. And what a great time for him to come back against a tough UCLA defense. Yeah, if he's not there, we're going to make picket signs. And we're going to picket down on Mill Avenue. And then, you know, hang out with Sun Devils Nation. I was going to say, I mean, the... We'll pick it for like an hour, and then we'll end up tailgating with all the amazing Sun Devil alumni. All the important people are going to be over in California this weekend. But anyways, uh, Chip Trainum coming back is going to be huge. If you look at the box score, especially for all three of the players that we're going to outline, they may not seem like such a big deal. But when a guy like Chip Trainum went out week one and has missed the last three games, his stats don't necessarily look incredibly impressive, or at least seem that important. But he had six for 52, uh, I think it was just even in like the first half before he got hurt, and two touchdowns. Having that kind of presence uh, against a UCLA defense that does not give up yards against the run, he is going to be needed in order to move bodies out of the way to pick up these yards. 
Yeah, Trianum, well, we talked about this a little bit yesterday with our good friend Donnie Druin. He completes the offensive backfield. So where Nagata is kind of a little bit of razzle-dazzle and Rashad White is your lightning in a bottle, Trianum is thunder. He is the element earth. The dude is just a bulldozer. Can you call somebody that wants to go by Chip like thunder? Is that a thing? Sorry, Diamante training him? Well, okay, but you go for anyone that doesn't know, he goes by chip. And so if you are a, a player for UCLA and you're listening to the coaching staff, it's specifically the defense saying, hey, we have to stop chip. You think everyone just sits there thinking like... I'm, I mean, I'm shaking in my boots. Absolutely. That is one scary chip. <laughs> that is one scary chip. Uh, training him is an absolute monster, though. So... the. With jokes aside about how scary the name Chip sounds, when you see him lined up in the backfield, you are definitely scared because this dude is going to break your back. He picked up right where he left off after his freshman year. Even if it was just four games, he still looked great in his first half of football. And he he will prove his worth to the Sun Devils team, or at least the offense, when he steps back out in that field. Yeah, 100%. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to train and being back. And I think that his return, even at 80%, could end up being the difference maker in this game. We'll see how many attempts he gets. We've talked now for about two weeks uh, with the, the coaching staff wanting to include Daniel Nagata a little bit more in the rotation. So depending on how healthy Chip training him is, we'll, we'll see how many carries he does get. But ideally, no matter who's getting the rock, they're at least being efficient with the ball. So with that, let's get to our other player, Chase Lucas, who suffered an injury uh, against late in the game against BYU uh, in this last week against Colorado. So having Chase Lucas back out in the field with Jack Jones, especially having that dynamic duo, uh, is going to be huge for buying the defensive line time to get into DTR. It's going to be friggin' huge. Chase Lucas is so, so important to everything the Sun Devils want to do on defense. Thankfully, if he had to miss a game, we're thankful that it was against Colorado. Because hopefully moving forward, we got him back at 100%, and we're not going to have to worry about missing him for the rest of the season. Ideally, Chase Lucas is an absolutely, I already said it, but he's so important to everything we want to do. He's a detrimental piece. Short of a Darian Butler, I would tell you Lucas is the most important player on this defense. Again, on the box score, doesn't necessarily do a ton. Uh, So if you just look at him as specifically a corner where corners may not have a ton of eye-popping numbers, but he's got seven tackles this year and two pass defends. Uh, but even though UCLA does not like to pass the ball a ton, if you are making Thompson Robinson just think an extra half second per play because you have a good enough corner out there alongside Jack Jones, that extra half second roughly per play will make all the difference in the world. 100%. So, yeah, he, maybe he's not the pass rusher, but... Yeah, we got to be honest. When so when talking about the NFL and the NFL draft, typically you look at three positions for the number one pick. You consider them premium positions: offensive tackle, edge rusher, and quarterback. We are starting to get to a point where corner is becoming a premium position. We're seeing that in a very pass-heavy league. And now you look back at college, and you can a hundred percent say that guys like Derek Stingley at LSU or Kyer Elam at Florida, or even Andrew Booth at Clemson, have become huge staples to the defense. 
while Chase Lucas isn't on their level of talent, he is that important to Arizona State's defense. He has become a premier player for them. So having him back in the fold is massive for their chances to eliminate the passing game and limit what they can do. Last player we want to touch on is just wide receiver Brian Thompson. He's played two games this year, and he's only got two catches for 12 yards. So now looking at him, okay, maybe not necessarily the most impressive player, uh, but at least we have both Chip Traynham and Chase Lucas back. But if you're giving Jaden Daniels any extra help, uh, we'll take it, especially in a game where we think there's going to be a lot of points scored, um, especially if ASU is playing from behind at all. Any extra receivers we have, we'll, we'll take them. Yeah, and Thompson wasn't necessarily a huge like splash transfer the way that a guy like Garrett King was for Miami a year, year and a half ago, however long it was. But Thompson was still expected to be a big-time contributor in the passing game, and obviously we haven't gotten to see very much of him for one reason or another. Having him back in the fold hopefully gives us a little bit more consistency on the outside where a guy like Andre Johnson just hasn't provided the stability that we were hoping for, and L.B. Bunkley-Shelton and Johnny Wilson are still kind of working their way into the lineup. So having someone like Brian Thompson, who is a veteran, he's well-established, and he knows what he's doing in this offense, can perhaps get more consistency in the passing game going on, which is what we're looking for right now, is we're looking for a guy that can be the go-to. You hope that he can metaphorically knock on wood, because I know if I knock, someone's dog is going to start going crazy. I don't know whose dog that is. <laughs> Definitely not mine. But you you knock on wood that he can end up being that guy for you. But anyways, those are the three guys we're looking forward to coming back this week. We're going to go ahead and head into our final break before we get into our predictions for who's going to lead ASU slash UCLA in passing yards, rushing yards, and receiving yards. This is the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. I don't know about you, but I'm not the, the biggest car guy in the world. Whenever I have conversations with people who absolutely love cars, I just nod my head, smile, and pretend like I know what I'm talking about. But with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Is, the, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse even happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using rockauto.com. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the exact same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family-owned business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are reliably low for every customer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. We're back and better than ever. Ladies and gentlemen, football season is here. It's been here. And there's no better place to spend your money than betonline.ag. BetOnline, as always, is your number one source for all things pro and college football action this season. With an updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. 
Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, your number one sportsbook experts. And we're back for the final segment of this Thursday edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. We're going to close it out, making a couple of predictions now before we dive into more bold predictions on the Friday edition of the podcast. But we're going to go ahead and take a look at who's going to lead each team, or not each team, excuse me, who's going to lead the game, I should say, in passing yards, in rushing yards, and in receiving yards. So my good friend Connor was so nice to pull up some statistics for us to help us make a prediction. I just want to clarify, we are not talking about one player passing, rushing, and receiving, because that would be a hell of a game. It's Ricky Pearsall, though. If it had to if be someone. If it had to be someone, it would be Julian edelman Light for sure. Absolutely. But let's start with the passing yards. So I've got a, a couple averages, uh, more so like a, a per-game average uh, for both Jaden and DTR, as well as what the defenses are giving up, and then we can kind of talk about who we think is going to lead the team, uh, or at least the game in passing yards, unless you think it's like secret option number three and it's somebody we are not expecting. But DTR is averaging 22.5 pass attempts per game for 230 yards. Meanwhile, Jaden is averaging just over 23, or just short of 24, I should say, passing attempts per game for 202 yards. UCLA's defense is giving up 330 yards per game, while ASU is giving up 124 uh passing yards per game. So a, a couple huge differences in terms of UCLA's defense versus ASU. But like we were talking about uh, earlier, we have to really take into consideration who UCLA has played so far between LSU, Fresno State, uh, as well as Stanford, who might have been a little bit tougher than what ASU's had to play so far. But with that in mind, who do you think will lead this game in passing yards? I'm not even being a homer when I tell you this, but I take Jaden Daniels and I take Jaden Daniels comfortably. I think that ASU's offense is going to be a little more well-rounded during this game, and UCLA's got a very good offense. Don't get me wrong whatsoever. But I think that Jaden is going to come out and just light up the box score immediately. I think that these receivers are going to be able to make some plays, and I think that this run game with training them back in the folds is going to really help open things up. You're going to be able to beat up the defense on the front, and leave things open deep. Obviously, we know that Rashad White is going to make things happen through the air as well. I think that Jaden, this isn't a bold prediction at all. What I'm saying is I wouldn't be surprised if he topped 300 passing yards. So I think you are correct, but for the wrong reason. Uh Uh-oh. I'm not being a homer, but I'm also taking Jaden because I think UCLA is going to be ahead for most of this game that ASU is going to have no choice but to, to just pass. So it's not so much that he's going to pass for more yards because he's better than DTR with his arm. I just... Debbie Downer. I, I just... How dare you? I just think that UCLA is going to be in control of most of this game to where ASU's not going to have a choice but to pass. So that is the quarterbacks. Let's move on to the running backs for this game. So Zach Charbonnet is averaging 90 rushing yards per game while essentially ASU's leading receiver is averaging 64 from Rashad White. I believe if we were to expect somebody from this team who would be leading them in rushing yards, it'd probably chip train him. But we haven't seen that this year just because he hasn't been available. So working off of what we have with Rashad White, 
Uh, UCLA is giving up, actually, I'm going to save this one for last. ASU is giving up 123 rushing yards per game. Here's where it gets tricky. UCLA is giving up, on average, 64 rushing yards per game. 64. How do you win against that? The thing is, I feel like that number might be a little inflated because they haven't really faced any dynamic run games this year. I mean... Would it technically be deflated since the number's so low? Tom Brady has entered the chat. Tom Brady has entered the chat. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just... uh, Again, I'm not trying to be a homer, but they have not faced a run game like Arizona State's where you already had three really good guys coming into this name into this game, and now Trainum is joining the folds too. So something's got to break, and I think it's going to be UCLA's defense. With that in mind, I am taking Charbonnet to lead the whole game in rushing yards. I think that dude is just a straight-up bully. I think that he's probably one of those guys where you can't stop him, you can only hope to contain him. I also think that UCLA is going to spread the ball out in the run game, and I think that Arizona State is going to spread the ball out in the run game. I don't think anyone tops 80 rushing yards in this game. I think that these guys are just going to be effective with the touches they get, and I think that it is a total crapshoot between seven options that you have. But I'll take Charbonnet, but not comfortably. That's fair. Um, I, I think when you look at how you had mentioned, UCLA may not have faced a run running game that ASU possesses similar to when we look at the lack of receiving yards that ASU is giving up per game. We haven't necessarily seen an incredibly great quarterback with their arm so far that strictly relies on that to, to move the offense. So, but 64 it rushing, is impressive. rushing get, yards per game. That is crazy. Don't get me wrong. It's totally impressive. And I'm not trying to slight UCLA whatsoever, but they have not played a team like us. I think similar to my first prediction, talking about ASU playing from behind a little bit, I feel like we're going to come out and try to run the ball, maybe get a couple good carries here and there, but for the most part, they're going to shut our running game down. And they're just going to feed their running backs later on in this game, especially later in like the third third quarter, early fourth quarter, just trying to chew the clock out so they can win this game. But I would take Charbonnet for the the same reasons. I, I just, I think we'll get a pretty hefty workload and, Later in this game, when he is just coming in to be the closer, I think he's absolutely just going to shut us down. With that being said, we'll move on to the last part, being receiving yards. So wide receivers haven't been incredibly impressive for this team. Uh, For UCLA, their leading receiver is Kyle Phillips, uh, who is averaging 73.5 receiving yards per game. And the leading receiver in terms of total yards for ASU is actually LB Bunkley Shelton. And he's averaging a whopping 46.5. So we can go back to, I'll, I'll read the, the essentially passing yards given up per game total, but uh, UCLA is giving up again 330 yards per game. ASU is giving up 124. So that being said, Richie, who will lead this team, or at least the game, in receiving yards? See, and this is another tricky one. I think it's going to be one of those one of those games where you have, between the two teams, at least 10 guys catch a football at least once. I think that the offenses are just going to be totally spread out. I, just like the run game, I don't think anyone in the passing game is going to particularly stand out. So once again, I'm calling this a bit of a crapshoot. Oh my God, let me close my eyes, throw a dart, and whoever it lands on will be my leading receiver for the game. If All it doesn't right. land on a UCLA or ASU player, you threw that dart way off. Oh, crap, it landed on Jamar Chase. 
Well, I would welcome... Oh, wait, is he playing for UCLA or ASU in this case? Uh, he's playing for the Bengals. Uh, okay. Pick a receiver for this game. <laughs> Does it have to be a current ASU? It has to be a current player that's going to play on Saturday night. Not so... Like, so we, I can't take Frank Darby. You cannot take Frank Darby. <sighs> well, then... Shoot. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. I, I guess I'll be crazy. I'll take Johnny Wilson. I think Johnny Wilson's going to get a couple big catches throughout this game with that big frame of his. And I think that those could turn into chunk yards. Like I said, just like with the run game, I don't know if anyone tops 70 receiving yards. I think it's just going to be a bunch of guys contributing. Considering no one's averaging, well, I, I take that back. Kyle Phillips is the only receiver averaging more than 70 receiving yards per game. I, I don't think that's too crazy at all. I'm going to take Kyle Phillips only because ASU just seems to have more weapons or at least a lack of dominant weapons in the receiving game to where Kyle Phillips is their for sure number one wide receiver. Next leading receiver on the UCLA Bruins is Greg Deluch, who is actually their tight end who has 70, sorry, seven catches for 177 yards. So it's not so much that he's not good, but Kyle Phillips is absolutely uh, DTR's go-to guy in the passing game. Uh, unless we just have Jaden absolutely staring down one specific receiver, I'm just not sure it's going to be on our side. And for Johnny Wilson, while that would be fun, I'm not sure there's a ladder tall enough that he can buy before the game, just so he can use. So when Jaden's overthrowing him by a mile, six foot seven, Johnny Wilson, when he overthrows him, he also has to be able to catch the ball. So if, if it's not on target, Johnny Wilson's not catching that pass anyways. Nope, totally understand. So like I said, I just think this is going to be a game where no one really particularly stands out. I just, I, I think run, running and and receiving. It's just going to be a bunch of guys contributing. There's nothing wrong with that. There's just, there isn't a X receiver or a running back who's going to be a bell cow. Two teams that really pride themselves on their defense as well as their run game. It, it definitely is probably the hardest pick for who will lead this game in receiving yards. I'm not, I'm just going to throw this out there. If it's Rashad White, I also don't think that's incredibly crazy either. No, just not at all. With the amount of volume he might get, I mean, maybe they still look to keep him involved, maybe a little bit less in the ground, and they bring in chip training for more uh, obvious rushing down. So you, you just don't know. Yeah, scrimmage yards, it'll be Rashad White, and it won't be close. So with that being said, that's going to go ahead and wrap up the Thursday edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Once again, go ahead and follow me and Connor on Twitter at RichieBrads36. At C. Drios, follow the Locked on Sun Devils Twitter as well, at LO underscore Sun Devils. Make sure that you're subscribed to us on Odyssey, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts for the best Sun Devils content, Monday through Friday, every single week. Tune in tomorrow for the Friday edition as we get ready to preview in full Arizona State's game versus UCLA. That's going to include bold predictions. That's going to be gambling, prop bets, and of course... A final score prediction. With that being said, that's all for us today. This has been the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Betting on the Sun Devils doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast and brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts.